the last two times we preached, I, uh, I said I should have gone first. And so today I put my foot down. I said I'm going first. And so uh, will you guys allow us to bring the word to you guys today? Yes. Are you ready to receive it? Yes. Come on, it's going to be good. We have, an, uh, we have a, uh, a word that's been placed on our hearts, that's been placed on our pastor's hearts, and we're starting a brand new series today. Come on, we've been running for the past two months, right? You guys tired? Come on, you're not tired of running. We're starting a brand new series today called Called for Greatness. Come on, how many of you guys believe that you are called for greatness? Somebody say, I'm called for greatness. Come on, we got a word for you today. Before we jump into the word, if you have your Bibles, would you go ahead and grab those things out? We make a declaration every single week declaring the word of God over us. Maybe you don't have your Bibles. Maybe you just have a phone or maybe you just have a hand. Come on, we're youth pastors, so they don't bring a Bible, a paperback Bible. They just be lifting up their hand, right? So if you got that, would you lift those up? We're going to say this declaration out loud and together. Ready? Begin. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. With those same Bibles, would you open up to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And so it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me read it one more time. Therefore, if anyone, what does that word anyone mean? Anyone, right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That means that if you've given your life to Christ, if you say, God, you're my Lord and you're my Savior, it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That person that you were before you gave your life to Christ, before you dedicated your life to him, the, 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 the ways you used to think, the thoughts that you used to have, the things that you look at, right, the way you used to talk, those things are passed away. Those things are gone. All things have become new now that you've given your life to Christ. See, this is good news, church. Now, some of us in here are like, I don't feel so new, right? I don't feel so new, right? But you are. This is what God is saying. All things have become new if you've given your life to Christ. See, Jesus paid the price on the cross for that old person, that old sinner, that person that was headed straight to hell. Jesus paid the price on the cross for that guy, for that girl, that we no longer have to live that way, but we now are alive in Christ, and we're a new creation. Now, what part of us is new? Because we're like, I don't got a new body, right? I don't have hair when I didn't have hair, right? I didn't all of a sudden become skinny when I was fat, right? I don't feel like a new creation. God is saying, your spirit is now alive. Your spirit is now a new creation. Your spirit is now connected to me. And see, now that we're connected to God, you have to understand that you are called to greatness. God has called you to greatness. Why? Because he's now living on the inside of you. He is now with you, right? Every decision, everywhere we go, God is now living on the inside of us. How could you not be great if God is living on the inside of you? How could you not walk in your purpose if God is with you, right? And see, how many of you guys have ever heard of someone in here who's maybe won the lotto? Maybe you don't know them personally, but we've heard of people winning these major lotteries, right? I think it was almost up to like a billion dollars last year, 
right? People just win this lotto and all of a sudden, overnight, their world is instantly changed, right? Because of a financial situation that happened in their life, they now have access to new things they didn't have access to before, right? They now can make decisions not worried about finances. They now could live where they want to live, eat what they want to eat, drive what they want to drive, right? All these things have happened to them because of a financial situation. How much more can your life change now that the Spirit of God is inside of you? How much more can your life change? Can your life be transformed because God is now living on the inside of you? See, this is what we need to realize, that just like that financial situation that changed those people's lives— the Spirit of God is living on the inside of us. There should be some change. We're now connected to the living God, right? How much more can our lives be transformed? How much more good things can we do? How much more people can we love on? See, God is now living on the inside of you, and he's calling us to greatness. He's calling us into our purpose, right? See, the problem is, is most of us, we, we hold ourselves hostage to our old ways, we hold ourselves hostage to our old thought process. We say, man, I hear them saying that I'm called for greatness, but I, I know me, right? I know the thoughts that I think towards myself, right? And so we hold ourselves and we hold each other hostage to the way that we used to live. Man, I'm called for greatness, but I don't have the money. I'm called for greatness, but I don't have the connections or the resources, right? And so we're, we're stuck in this old way of thinking, but God is saying no more. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold. What does that word behold mean? It's saying, you need to see this. You need to, you need to believe this. Behold. Look. All things, old things have passed away. You're now alive in Christ. You are now made new. You are a new creation. See, we need to get this as Christians. We're alive in him. This is good news, church. See, we're called to live for something bigger. Did you know that? We're not just called to live for this moment, but we're called to leave a legacy. We're called to leave a legacy of faith right? We're called to leave a legacy for our children. See, it's not about us. And now that we're connected to God, we're connected to the Spirit. We have his power. We have his dominion. We have his authority. We can walk in our purpose, walk in our destiny. We need to believe this. We need to get out of that old way of thinking. The old way of thinking has held us back, but God's saying, no more. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, see it, right? See it. Behold it to believe it. See, this is the message that God has put on our pastor's hearts, Pastor Jerry put on our hearts, to bring to our church today, that we are called to greatness. We are called really to just love on people, right? And so God has saved us, and he also has called us, not to just a natural, normal calling, but God has called us to a holy calling, to a holy calling. Look at what 2 Timothy 1.9 says. It says, God has saved us and called us, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. See, this calling that's on each and every single one of your life, it doesn't matter what you've been through, doesn't matter what you're done, doesn't matter what you're going through right now, you have a calling, a holy calling on your life. And this is not a calling that you can fulfill on your own, right? It's not a, it's not a natural calling. It's not a, it's not a calling that requires our works, but it's a supernatural calling. It's a holy calling. See, outside of Jesus, we can't do anything. We can't fulfill this calling outside of him. And so God is saying, we're a new creation. So we now have Jesus on the inside of us, and he has given us this calling that we can fulfill, that we can walk in. And I want you to notice this. It says, which was given to us before time began. 
this holy calling that we're called to was given to us before time began. So not when you were born, before time began. Well, when did time begin? Right, Genesis 1, we know that God created, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, well, this says before the beginning. Before the beginning, God had a holy calling on your life. Before time began, God thought about you, and he thought about you, and he thought about you, and he put this calling on your life. See, once you realize this, that God has a calling on your life, you'll start to think a little bit different. You'll start to walk a little bit different. You'll start to walk with a little bit more confidence. You'll start to realize that you are called to greatness. You are called with purpose, right? And see, our calling, this holy calling that's on our lives, it's not just a calling to accumulate things. It's not just, I'm called to the, to the workforce to make as much money as possible. No. If that was your calling, that would be sad, right? Because there's a whole lot of non-believers who have that exact same calling to just accumulate stuff. No, that's not our calling. Our calling is to win souls. Our calling is to spread the gospel, to share the good news, to testify of Jesus. This is the calling that's been uh, given to us. And see, the beautiful thing about God, he's so smart. He's a genius. Look around this room right now. Every single person in here is so much different, right? We all have our own unique abilities and talents and gifts, and we all work different places and come in contact with different people. And God is using each and every one of us to fulfill this holy calling. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm not called to the ministry, right? I'm called to be a firefighter. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to work wherever you work at. But God's using you right where you're at. He's placed everything in life that you need to fulfill your calling. He's put everything in your life necessary to fulfill this holy calling. We just have to walk in this calling. God has prepared our lives. He's prepared. He's went ahead of us and prepared the works that we need to accomplish. Look at what Ephesians 2.10 says. It says, for we are his workmanship. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, beforehand, that we should walk in them. He created these works beforehand, that we should walk in them. The crazy thing to me, is, we, and we teach this in OSL, is that um, this earth that we live in, it was all created for you. Everything that you see around you, right, the mountains and the stars and the moon and the animals, all this stuff was created for you. See, you were the dream in God's eyes. You, what is, he created this for you. Everything you see around you was created for you. You are important. You are his workmanship. God prepared the works beforehand, which means he went out. He knew the things you were going to go through. He knew the things you were going to struggle with, and he went out beforehand. It reminds me, we were talking um, when, we were, when I was little. Um, we would always go to my uncle's house for Easter, and uh, he had a pretty big yard, and we have a lot of cousins, and um, the Easter egg hunt. Come on, who, who Easter egg hunts in here? All right, come on. The Easter egg hunt was always like the big thing. My family's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, right? And he has a big yard. It's out in Barstow, and so there's a lot of land right? And so you got like broken down cars over here, trees over here, horses back here. So there's some, there's some spaces to hide some eggs, you know what I'm talking about? And so our dads and our uncles would go out beforehand, before this hunt, and they would place these eggs all around the yard. And you know, as you get older, you want money in those eggs, right? You, you don't want no jelly beans. And so the big cousins were like, where is the money eggs, right? And they've gone out and these, they've placed these things in our path. They didn't make it impossible to find, right? 
And this is what God is saying to us. I've went out before your life, and I've placed certain things in your life. I've put different people in your life. I've put different opportunities in your life. I've placed certain provisions in your life. That way, when you go out, I want you to find them, right? When we walk in our calling, I want you to find these things. See, our dads and our uncles didn't make it impossible to find that egg, right? They made it just challenging enough, just challenging enough. So when we find it, we say, I found it. We have some confidence, right? This is what God does to us. He puts things in our lives, obstacles in our lives, challenges in our lives, so we can overcome these things. And when we get through them, we could say, praise God. My faith is a little bit higher. My faith is a little bit stronger. See, this is what God does for us. He puts provisions in our life, right? It reminds me of, um, you guys remember Mario, the game Mario, right? Oh, yes, of course, right? Old school. And when you play, it's, it's true. When you play, but it's like the best game, right? And so as Mario is going across the screen, right, he has to jump over legs and he has to jump over those little bugs and all that stuff. Well, every once in a while, there's one of those little floating bricks. You guys know what I'm talking about where they got to jump up and it's like, doo-doo. And what comes out? It's like a mushroom comes out or a coin comes out, right, or some like weapon comes out, and what happens? You get more life, or you grow bigger, or you can last longer. This is what God has done for us. He's putting these things out in our life for us to find, and when we find them, it advances us. When we find them, it helps us grow. It helps us walk more in our calling. So picture walking through, and it's like, boop, boop, there's some wisdom. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Thank you, right? Boop, boop, there's some provision right there. This is what God has done for us. He's prepared this place, this life, our calling beforehand. Come on, you are called to greatness. You are called for this purpose, and God wants you to fulfill your holy calling. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Matthew 5, 13 through 16 in the message translation says this. It says, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will, pre- uh, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness, and you will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going out in public with this. As public as a city on a hill, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So here's another way to say it. You're here to be light in darkness. This is what you're here for. You're here for. You are soul and you are light. God is not a secret to be kept. We are supposed to shine so bright. We have been placed on a hilltop. This is what we're called to. But we are soul and we are light. You know, soul is used to enhance the flavor of things. And so in the same way as followers of Christ, we are called to stand out in a way that we enhance the flavor of life in this world. We enhance the flavor of life in this world. See, as we follow God, and as we love him, and as we serve him, and as we're led by the Holy Spirit and in obedience to him, we will inevitably influence the world around us for good. Right? So where there is strife, we will be peacemakers. And where there is hatred, we will show the love of God. And where there is turmoil, we will show them grace. Right? This is what we're called to do. We are salt, and we are light. And as a believer in Christ, you are now salt. You are the flavor that the world needs to see. But you're also light. 
your light. And so as you follow the Lord, the good works that you do are supposed to shine so bright that the whole world looks at you and said, hey, there's something shining over there. But God calls us to both. He says, I've called you to be salt and I've called you to be light. See, I've called you to go into, to go into culture and to shake things up a bit. Right? I've called you to go into your homes. I've called you to uh, go and speak life over your children as you parent them, as you're a husband or as you're a wife, as you go into work. See, I've called you to be salt and light, which means that you're going to show up wherever you are, and you're going to sprinkle a little bit of godliness everywhere that you step. And what happens is, is people are going to look at you, and they're going to say there's something different. There's something different. They seem like they have a little bit more joy than I do. They seem to have a little bit more peace. Their marriage seems to be secure. They seem to be financially stable, right? There's something different about them. Why? Because we are salt and we are light. We are called to sprinkle godliness everywhere that we go. You are salt and you are light. But see, unlike the rest of the world, we have somebody inside of us who is strengthening us who is strengthening us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, when Jesus came down to earth, I'm sorry, I got to stand up. That's just how I preach. When Jesus came down to earth, he did not come the way that the people had expected him to come. Right? The people were expecting a savior to come, but they were thinking a mighty king would roll up, right? They were thinking a beast dude would come in on a throne, right, to be a powerful political figure. But in fact, Jesus came the exact opposite. He came the exact opposite. He came in the form of a baby. He came as man like you and me. And the difference was is that he was actually up close and personal with the people, right? He was with the lepers. He was with the sick. He was with the broken people. He was with the drunk. He was with the prostitute. He was with the people. He went up there and he shook up the religious works that were going on. This is the power of Jesus, right? This is why we serve him. This is why we love him. This is why we spread the message of the gospel. He came not the way expected, but they were looking for a leader, But they didn't know the leader would come in this way. When you have revelation of the love of God and of the power of God, you understand why Jesus came and did the the things that he did. Right? And then you understand, okay, now that I know what he did, now that I know that he went on a cross and he died for my sin, I got to keep this thing going. Right? I got to keep up with his momentum. I've got to share the gospel. I've got to preach the message of Jesus Christ. I got to go to the sick and heal them. I got to tell people that you don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through life with anxiety and fear and worry. There is the man named Jesus who is so in love with you. Right? And so I got to keep up with what Jesus did. Your eyes are now opened. You have revelation. God, this is what you did. And so now this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell everybody about it. You are salt and you are light, but you are made for greatness. You are made to make a difference. But you're not in this thing alone. Right? You have Jesus living down on the inside of you. And take note that as Jesus was on earth, no miracle was performed by him until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 3.16, right, we see Jesus baptized. He came up and the Spirit of God came upon him. How many of you guys know that there's something significant that happens? There's something significant about being baptized. Am I right? 
There's something significant that happens when you go down into that water and then you come up. It is signifying, it is representing the fact that the old you is gone and now you are new in Christ Jesus. And I feel like there couldn't be a more important message for this generation and this culture because they need to understand when you give your life to Christ, you are now made new. You are new in Jesus. The old you is gone. The sin, the baggage, right? The bondage, everything is gone. You are new in Christ, right? You are called to greatness. You were once lost, but now you are found. You were once blind, but now you see. See, your spirit became alive the moment you gave your life to Christ. You are now connected to God, the most creative, intelligent, powerful, loving, all-knowing Father, you have a connection with him. But the problem is, is that many Christians don't understand this. Right? They don't understand that now that they are in Christ, they have been given access to power and to dominion and to authority. So any situation or circumstance, any giant that you're facing, you have power over that thing. Sin no longer has a hold on you. You now have been set free. See, it is Christ in you. This is what you're made for. This should be your reality. This should be our normal. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. I got power over that thing that I'm facing. I got power over the bank account, right? I've got power over my kid that's not following God. I've got power over it. Why? Because it's Christ in me. You have access to the provider. You have access to the healer. You have access to the redemption holder. Things are new for you now. When you gave your life to Christ, everything changed. Everything changed. In the same way when you were baptized and you went down into that water and you came back up, everything that was on you, everything that tried to hold you back, everything that's tried to keep you hostage from living the life that you've been called to to live, that thing had to let you go. The moment you gave your life to Christ. The moment you gave your life to him, sin lost its power over you. And so don't think just because you're dealing with some of the same struggles and you're walking through the same issues and you're still thinking the way that you think, don't think that that thing still's got you. Sometimes it's just a process to shake those things off of you. But you have to understand that there is power within you. You have been given dominion and authority. It is Christ in you. This is you now. This is what you're called to. This is how you're called to live. You are salt. You are light. You are made for greatness. It is inside of you. It is what you were created for, to make a difference. You have authority. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. There is power within you. There is power within you. I love that um, God gives us authority. God gives us authority over demons. God gives us authority over strongholds, right? And he also gives us access to him. God has called us. He's saved us. He's given us a calling on our life, but he's given us access to him access to him. Look at what Hebrews 4.16 says. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That we may come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may walk boldly into the presence of God. Not struggling to get into the presence, not crawling to get into the presence, but that we may become, we walk boldly into the presence of God. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us. Because of the price that Jesus paid, right? He paid for our righteousness. He was the one that lived the perfect, sinless life. And he was the one, he's the one that has access to the, to the throne, has access to the Father. And he says, because you love me, because you've given your life to me, because you've served me, now I take my righteousness and I give it to you. So you can walk boldly into the presence of God. You have a right to get your prayers answered. You have a right to walk in and say, God, I need you right now. You have a right to, to come before the presence of God and say, I need you. I need your help. God is a good God. And God's not too busy for you. God's not too busy for you. How many of you guys know that he has a lot of things going on? He's the God of the universe. Not just earth, the universe. Who knows what else is going on? But there's billions of people here on this earth. Millions and millions of Christians who are praying, who are declaring, who are seeking healing, who are seeking wisdom all across this world. And God says, you, I have time for you. You can walk boldly into my presence. I'm listening to you. I haven't forgotten about you. There's so much stuff going on, but I give you access, direct access to me. You don't got to go to the pastor. You don't got to go to your leader. You don't got to go to anyone else. God says, walk boldly into my presence. I will listen to you. I will hear your cry. I will hear your cry. See, the devil has told us, told us lies over and over again that we're not worthy. We're not called, right? We don't have enough. Those are lies of the enemy. God is saying to us, stop believing those lies. You are royalty. You are royalty. Think about it this way. Would you live in a house that was full of poisonous snakes? Would you just walk in and be like, oh, there's a snake that can kill me right there. I'm going to go make some breakfast. You wouldn't do that. You would not do that even for a minute, right? But see, sometimes we do that as Christians. There's demons living all up in our house, all up in our business, and we just go through life. We just walk in the front door and ignore those things. But God says, you have access to me. I want you to start using your authority that you've been given. I want you to say, demons, you can't stay here. You can't have my finances. You can't have my bank account. You can't have my kids. you got to start declaring the promises of God. you got to start saying, all your promises are yes and amen. And so I walk in your authority. Thank you, God, for giving me access. See, this is what we're called to. we got to walk in our authority. We can't just say it, but we got to believe it right? We got to shout the devil down and say, you can't stay here. You can't have nothing that God has given me. You can't have my mind. You can't have my peace. You can't have my joy. We got to start speaking the word of God. The devil has lied to us too long. It's time for us to walk with boldness. Come with boldness into the throne of God. Come with boldness with your, with your prayer requests. Don't be ashamed. Go straight to God. God, I need you. God, I need your help. God says, Anything we ask, he'll give us. Anything we ask in his name, he will give us. You could ask for wisdom, right? James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you liberally. God, I need your help with this situation. He says, okay, what is it? Let me know what it is. He said, I'll give you wisdom liberally to the point where you're saying, okay, God, I got it. I got it, God, right? He's saying, no, I want to give you more and more and more. And without reproach, that means you don't have to feel bad to come into the presence of God. 
You don't have to feel insignificant or like your problem isn't worth anything. He said, no, without reproach, you ask. Without condemnation, you ask. Just come to me. I want to I be with you. I want to help you. Romans 8, uh, Romans 8, 37 says this, yet in all things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Somebody say, I am, I am. more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're not just called to barely win. You're not just called to barely get by, to barely survive. No, you're more than a conqueror. God wants more for you. See, we, we often get this picture that God and the devil are, are, are going at it, right? That they're, they're fighting each other. But this is not the case. See, the devil has already been defeated. You are more than a conqueror. God has enough for you. God has enough for you. You can overcome any obstacle, any challenge that you're going through. You're more than a conqueror. But see, sometimes we forget the power and the authority and the access that we've been given. It's time for us to refuse to be held down by the enemy. It's time for us to refuse to be held down by debt. It's time for us to refuse to be held down by bondage, by lust, by all these things that the devil has lied to us and our culture says is normal and cool and popular. It's time for us to refuse and say, devil, you can't have that. It's time for us to stand up and step up into our calling. We have been called to greatness, church. This is the life that we're called to live, to walk with dominion, to walk with power, to be salt and light. This is the calling that God has on our life. And he's prepared everything that we need to fulfill that calling. He's gone before us. He's given us access to him. It's time we go after the things of God. It's time we go after this holy calling. Amen. 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 Well, if you are born again, you have greatness inside of you. You have greatness inside of you. And so do not underestimate the power that you carry. In um, Acts, we see the Apostle Paul here ministering to this guy who's like a governor. And so he's ministering the message of the gospel, and the sorcerer comes in, and he tries to persuade the governor to not listen to what Paul has to say. And so Paul gets mad, and in Acts 13, 9 and 12, Paul says this. So it says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elmas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is, that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the ways of the Lord? Now, the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul, who was like the governor, saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So what happened here? What happened? Paul became so confident Paul was so convinced of who Jesus was. He was so convinced that it was Christ working in him. He was so convinced that Jesus was with him. He was so convinced that it was God strengthening him, that it was God leading him and guiding him, that it was God with him. He was led by the Spirit. He believed, no, I'm not like everybody else. I'm not like the world. See, I know who I am in Christ. And Christ has told me that I am the head and not the tail, that I am above only and not believe. I know who I am. I know that when I pray, God moves on my behalf. I know that when I speak, miracles take forth. I know that when I walk into a room, heaven just walked into a room. See, I am soul and light. God, I know who I am. I'm confident of who you called me to 
be. I'm confident I'm made for greatness. I may mess up and I may make mistakes and I may not parent my children or my marriage or steward things 100%, right? Like so well, perfectly. But I'm still confident that it is Christ in me. I'm so confident I'm not like the rest of the world. I've been set apart. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am a joint heir of God. Heaven follows me where I go because it is living within me. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And the world has got to see it. And so here Paul, he's confident. He said, this is who I am. And think about like a sorcerer. Most of us, if we saw a sorcerer, we would be scared. Like, I feel like I would be scared, right? You'd want to run, right? But Paul's like, no, I, I'm here. I have authority. I have power. I have dominion. It was given to me the moment I gave my life to Christ. And so with that power and with that authority, I rebuke the giant in front of me. I rebuke the things that are trying to hold me back. I rebuke the things that are trying to hold me hostage to live the life of joy and peace and prosperity and success, the life that God has called me to live. I know who I am in Christ. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. I'm not afraid of you, Satan. I'm about to wage war on hell, and I'm about to win it. This is who I am. And so whatever you're facing today, whatever giant is in front of you, I want you to know that God is saying you've won the war. But you got to go to war. Right? You got to wage war on hell. You got to go and say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You leave my family alone. You leave my kid alone. I am a child of God, which means I have favor from you, which means you promise to protect me. You promise to protect my family. But the war has been won. But it's time we fight. And Paul knew. He says, I'm about to fight this man and I'm about to win because the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus is so more important than my fears. It's so more important than my insecurities. It's so more important than my shame that I'm carrying. It's the message of the gospel. People are headed to hell. And it is our job to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is our job to remind them, no, Christ is real and he loves you no matter what you've gone through the mistakes you're currently making, he is still for you. And so Paul knew this. And so he makes the sorcerer blind. The governor believes in the message of Jesus Christ. There was victory. There was victory. Don't underestimate the power that you carry. Don't underestimate Christ living and working in and through you. He is real and he loves you and he is with you. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And so it's time we see ourselves the way that God sees us. It's time to reject the lies in our minds. It's time to reject the lies of the enemies and embrace the truth of who God says that we are. It will change your life. It's time to get the truths in our mouths and meditate on it. It's time we begin acting as if God's word is in fact true, if God's word is in fact real, right? Despite our experience with him, despite what we feel like has held us back, God is good. God is faithful, and I will declare that I will see the goodness of God prevail in my life. I will see the glory of God manifest down on the inside of me. I will see victory in my children. I will win this war, and I'm not just going to win it for me. I'm going to win it for everybody around me. 
I'm not just going to fight for me and fight for what I want. I'm going to fight for you too. I'm going to fight for your family and I'm going to fight for your finances. This is what we're called to. This is what we're made for. You're called to win. And so if you would stand up with me today. I declare over you that by the power of the word of God, something down on the inside of you changed today. And I declare over you that by the power of the word of God, you understand, you have revelation that you are called to be soul and light, that you are called to greatness. I declare over you that you are convinced of the goodness of God. I declare over you that you actually are called to make a difference. You are called to go into culture, to set captives free, to heal broken hearts. I declare over you, down on the inside, you sense and you know that the victory is mine this is who I am I'm a child of God I am a child of God God you promised you would be with me and so I declare over you faith is arising in your hearts and minds faith faith you are convinced that God is who he says he is you are convinced that your current reality is not your final destination that God does have more for you that there is relationships to be restored in your family that there is brokenness to be healed in your body. God is saying, I've got you. But it's time that we wage war. It's time that we go to war with the enemy and we declare over him and we look him in the face and say, you get out of my way. This is who I am. I am made for greatness. It is Christ in me. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. I am set free. Satan, you have no power over me. You loose my kids in the name of Jesus. You get out of my finances in the name of Jesus. You get out of my calling in the name of Jesus. You get out of my thoughts in the name of Jesus. This is who I am. This is who I've called to be. I'm new in Christ. The old me is gone. The old me is gone. God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that down on the inside of us, something shifted, perspective changed. We got new hope, new faith, new life, new purpose. God, I thank you that that feeling that some of us are feeling, that feeling of maybe nervousness, that feeling of maybe not knowing what to do or say right now in this moment, God, I thank you that that is you just tugging on their heart. God, I thank you that that feeling is you. I thank you that that feeling is you saying, I see you and I got you, I hear you, I am with you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you have won the victory. God, I thank you that in you, there is life in you. you, There is redemption in you. There is restoration in you. There is healing. And so God, we come boldly to your throne this morning. We call we come boldly to the throne of grace and we say, God, I need you to do a work in and through me today. If you've never given your life to Christ, today is your day. If you've never said, God, Jesus, I choose to put my faith in you today, I'm here to tell you today that today is your day. Today is your day that you now are made new in Christ Jesus, that you are filled with the Spirit of God. And so if every head bowed and eyes closed, if everybody in this room would just repeat after me. Dear Lord, 
thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus, I choose to put my faith in you today. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And so God, I thank you that I belong to you now. I'm gonna pray over you, God, we love you. God, we worship you. God, we praise you for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, that in you there is life. God, in you there is hope. And in you there is purpose. And so, God, we are committed to living this life. We are committed to be fully convinced that there is greatness living down on the inside of us. This is what we were made for. This is what we're called to. We're called to make a difference. We're called to go into culture, to shake things up a bit. We're called to sprinkle a little bit of godliness everywhere that you go so that people begin to start noticing, hey, there's something different. God, I accept this call. God, I accept this call to be salt and light. God, I thank you that there is no one like you. There is no one more beautiful. There is no one more worthy and holy than it is you. You are God, the maker of heaven and earth. And the maker of heaven and earth is whispering to each and every heart today, I love you. I am with you. I am for you and not against you. The best is yet to come. It is not too late. It is not too late. The best is yet to come. You start now. You start running after me now. You keep coming, you keep seeking me, you keep coming boldly to, to who I am. Lord, we love you. We glorify you in this place today. In Jesus' name.